So, today we're going to um, continue our practice of metta, beginning to include all beings. We'll also, as we move into this, do a practice that's sometimes called the big mind or expansive presence practice. So as a way of coming into this, we'll begin the meditation with uh, clearing through the gateways of the senses. And this can be a very valuable practice to uh, open into a sense of uh, clarity as we begin our meditation practice. In relation to that, these practices today and working with all beings, also be um, using uh, an ancient traditional form of the uh, Tibetan bowls the, and these uh, bells, also from the Japanese tradition, the Ringon. So these are just uh, here to assist that expansive uh, presence as we connect with uh, all beings. And uh, as you move through your day and begin to practice this wonderful metta for all of life, you can also remember at any particular time if you want to settle back and work on any of the things that we have done so far in the practice and the instructions, you can return to them. begin today with the meditation of clearing through the sense gateways. Let's begin with the sense of hearing. And just connect with what is arising presently in the field of hearing and listening. And we can recognize this as just being energy, just being life through this channel. the sounds arise just as they do, sounds that are here in this space, close by, in the room, far away. Just connect with this vibration, this energy of life. And the invitation is to connect without like, without dislike, without grasping on pushing away. is pure listening, deeper than the sounds that arise in the space. quality of presence with the sound, non-attachment, that freedom of ease, of 
free from like or dislike, just as it is. Let's turn our attention for a moment to the visual field. And even if your eyes are closed, connecting with the energy, the objects that are often present in the field of sight and vision, connecting with them as energy as well, form, color, shape. And as this arises through presence, present sensation, or through the objects of memory, we too will let this be easy, natural, for these moments without preference, allowing it to be exactly as it is. Beautiful field of equanimity neither wanting nor not wanting, grasping or pushing away. As we continue through the field of the senses and the sense of smell and taste, likely very neutral right now. Take a moment just to connect with that. Be there with this quality of equanimity. And for a moment now, connect with the global sense of the feeling of the body, the whole form. Sensing the structure right from the bones, through the marrow, muscular structure. the circulation and the fluid systems, the vibrant brain and nervous system that connects is the pathway and the rivers of light through the body. allowing to be exactly as it is. As you connect with this global sense of ease and natural poise, natural vibrancy, feeling the energetic center line that connects us with the earth, this beautiful blue pearl moving through space. We connect now with this calmness of presence, connecting on the earth, the sense of our connection one with another. That this awareness, this deep knowledge naturally arise in your awareness. Connecting how we grew from a single cell into this form of the human being. This mystery of life that arises 
the gift of life. And as we presence this awareness, this connection, this connection with the earth, our connection in the spiraling of the galaxies through space. A natural quality of compassionate awareness and kindness, loving kindness. Naturally generated through the spirit of generosity, the spirit of dana. As we turn our attention from the metta generated naturally towards ourselves, to, our, to others, to the categories of practice that we've worked with, the easy person, the kind, close person, the neut- neutral, and then also sometimes the difficult. We move from this field of the human-centric to this greater generosity of spirit, expanding generosity of spirit to include all of life, all being. recognition, the realization of our connectedness with all of this life. A sincere and authentic commitment, intention, and if there is feeling connected with feeling, may all beings be well. Expanding this generosity of spirit for the well-being of all of life. May all beings be safe. Extending this commitment to metta. The well-wishing for all of life. The hummingbirds, the dolphins. The elephants. Think of all creatures those that come to your awareness. (coughs) 
beings be at peace, find satisfaction, clarity. As we each connect with our genuine aspiration for awakening, or compassion, wisdom, clarity, kindness in our own being, that sense of generosity of spirit connects with all of life. May all beings awaken to find their ways. As we continue our practice, let your awareness move freely to connect with what arises for you in terms of kindness, well-wishing for all of life, for all beings. As we contemplate this meta-view of well-being for all beings,
Continue to connect with the spirit of generosity in your own heart. Deep, clear heart, mind. Whatever arises in the field of our awareness, we are connected with the wisdom of knowing the wave-like quality of impermanence flows through everything. Our own experience, our own sense of knowledge and knowing, our awakening, naturally arising through this mindfulness of equanimity, the compassionate heart of the universe. these last few moments of our practice together, contemplate the wellness of all beings. The kind intention towards that, if it does not arise as feeling, present as intention, as aspiration, even as a commitment.
So as a way of completing this part of our practice together, if your eyes are closed, keep them closed for just a moment and connect with a sense of cultivation of presence and awareness, the metta quality, the essential equanimity through these moments of non-preferential presence. So as you connect with that inside your own being, inside your own body, then take a moment to softly open your eyes, softly open eyes, soft gaze, and see if you can't balance the perception, the proprioception through the body, through the sense gateways, and still have some resonance of the practice, of the feeling, of the commitment. Balanced, aligned, grounded, centered. Just this. free to move and stretch for just a moment. Good. May all beings be well. May all beings be happy. May all beings awaken to find their ways, especially us. (laughs) Okay, so we have uh, a few minutes for comments, questions, observations, and please feel free uh, if you have a specific question to direct it to, um, to anyone here. Yeah. Yes. So one request uh, and then one question. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it possible to have the sheets that you have posted made available to all of us so that we don't have to scribe all of the various ways of doing the Brahma Viharas and getting yogis anxious because we're right? <laughs> yeah. Also, we have, um, we have uh, recorded all these instructions. They will be available to you on Dharma Seed. Some of it might be accessible only through code, which you will, everyone will have, and some will be publicly available. Uh, Apart from that, there are some uh, sheets that have various, um, you know, chants and instructions. Bonnie has a beautiful. instruction on the forgiveness that she's posted on the board. I think other of that might be also generally available. So does that address your question? Yeah, and then the the second is a question about last night's practice. Yeah. Is it possible to self-dissolve? It's possible, but challenging. It's challenging to do do self-dissolving, and it's certainly not impossible. The reason is, is that we use the lying down posture. Of course, our normal habit, and rightly so, is to go to sleep. So there are some really good instructions for 
um, working with the lying down practice, and including just letting one hand or both hands come up to the sides of your body, and if you start to fall asleep, your hands will fall to the side or on your body, bringing you to wakefulness. So um, that's one way of practicing it. Um, it takes a little bit of time to, to work through that, and if you, um, if you went into uh, space or into a deep rest, uh, sleep even, as you did that practice, nothing is wrong. It really uh, points to, um, you know, the rest that we need and, uh, and the fineness of attention that uh, it takes to move your uh, consciousness through the body with intention. So it's a soft intention. It's not like we're not kind of bearing down on the body, but easy through. And uh, this kind of... Uh, connection and tolerance for ease and stillness is something that is, you know, cultivated over time. We say, you know, we develop, in the meditation practice, in the standing practice, in the Qigong practice, we develop tolerance for stillness. Seems funny that we need to develop that as a tolerance. But we don't have it so much as a modality or being or ontology for our normal lives. So, you know, we have retreat, we have other times. We bring our lives to the Dharma in this way and find places to deeply nourish our lives. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Curious about the Tibetan bowls. Does each bow represent a different sound? Or when you were doing it, was there a randomness to it? Or what is the, for lack of a better word, the strategy of how you make your sounds? Mm, yes. So um, the Tibetan bowls have been used over the centuries uh, for this natural entrainment, the, uh, the natural gathering of attention. And um, some say that certain tones represent some connection to various energy centers in the body. Uh, for me, this is, it's not random in the sense of not knowing uh, what I'm going to do next or having it planned out or mapped out but it is a deep kind of intuitive connection, both with the space and with the sounds that arise. So there's no kind of cognitive strategy in that way. It does arrive out of uh, awareness and my connection to you. Good? All right, thanks. So remember, you can direct your questions uh, about metta or around the all beings practice to any of us, um, if you like. Want some more specific uh, direction around metta that might be connected with another of your teachers here? Please feel free to, to bring that forward. I guess my question is around the kind of arc of experiencing in the meta practice, both meta sort of and then in the body in body practice as well. The first time that I when I started meta um, a couple of years ago, I feel like the whole experience on retreat was very much external and kind of blissful. And this time again, it, it's been much more purification, purification. I was wondering if you could share. I feel like this could go on forever. And, and I have a lot of years to go back into. I, I, and I was just wondering if you could share what the arc, I could, I, I don't know where this is heading and how long this could go for. <laughs> yes, forever. No, the, uh, it's not like a peeling of the onion, uh, proverbial onion peeling, where it just seems like there's no end. 
Uh, maybe one of the other teachers will address this as well. And Spring talked so beautifully about uh, the quality of purification. But it isn't an endless process. Uh, as you continue to grow with it, um, it, it will always evolve. But there is kind of an end in a certain way to the, um, to the suffering and the, you know, the, the shadow material that I talked about last night that we all have is, um, is not an endless uh, depth of grief and suffering. There is, there is a completion for it. And there is also um, a, a, an opening of the meta view, the M-E-T-A view, and the M-A-T-T view. TTA with you. So I hope that's uh, helpful and see if, uh, if anyone else has something to, uh, to offer on that. Temple or spring? Good, good. Was that sufficient? Thank you very much. My question is about um, the difficult person, and I have a strategy. Like I have, can think of one particular person who I have a difficult time with, and who I feel hurt by, um, and I feel like she took advantage of a situation where there was a, a power differential, and really used that in what felt like an abusive way. But she's also a phenomenally good person then there's a lot of traits and qualities and characteristics that I admire in her a lot. So I find myself in my practice coming up with like a phrase, like the phrase um, may um, be full of loving kindness. And then I can think about times that she's been kind. And that really helps me refocus and reorient against the one pro you know, time that she upset me and really remember like the the basis that there are so many other times that she served me and been kind to me and been good to me. And so it's kind of, it's a correction that a perspective that focuses that I think we all, when something difficult happens to us, sometimes we can focus and make the difficult thing 10 times what a good thing counts for. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, can only do this with difficult people who I have some inkling of goodness that I can hold on to um, and kind of maximize. Uh, and so I, I feel like it it's feels kind of like strategy-y. And I was wondering if there's any trappings to that, since is supposed to be given unconditionally, and I'm kind of <coughs> creating conditions to accept people. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think your observation there is, is really good. The process of transformation through the metta practice is not that we're going to do metta and... Uh, the external thing is going to change or the external person that you're working with is necessarily going to change. We do this in the way that I was talking about last night, the karma yoga, that you do the next right thing just because it is the next right thing. Just because it's the right thing to send that sense of loving kindness towards another. And um, it also... The, the action really works internally first. Now, it may or may not have an echo and a response in the external, but we, we do the practice nevertheless for our own transformation, for the own liberation of our own heart, spirit. So I hope that's helpful, and I'll check in with Temple Spring, John, Bonnie, see if anyone else wants to address that. They're very meditative today, you can see. <laughs> Thanks, Temple. I think it's very much like you uh, said. You're, you're, we start with the easy, difficult person because we can see how disproportionate our mind has actually made the situation and how much the hurt has contorted our perception, and that's a really important lesson. And then <clears throat> you can begin to generalize that as um, not letting your mind ever take a hard closure on somebody, but have perspective. This is a lot of pain, that was a bad situation, but I don't want to distort 
my entire view of somebody. And so I, I do that um, where my heart is really taking a hard view. And because I've done it with people who I care about, then that's showed me, one, the pain of the distortion and that my mind distorts even though it feels like clarity. And then I can stretch that out further and further. And now I can, I've done it enough times I can do it with everybody. Mm-hmm. And so everybody was a newborn. And everybody was a five-year-old giggling. Mm-hmm. And everybody felt insecure. And so everybody has had passage points. And then we all get in conflict. Um, you know, the heart's unruly at times. And so doing it with one person like that is such a good study of the disproportionality of hurt and pain. And then how do you renegotiate that to have good perspective, good boundaries, maybe hold someone accountable. So learning it in one place, then you can extrapolate. I think it's renegotiating it without creating this fantastical image of someone that's not realistic anymore. Like I... That's why I worry sometimes, is that I'm creating somebody who, in my mind, is coming a more and more distant reflection of who the person actually is, you know, versus what you're talking about, which is, you know, reorienting to, you know, properly weighting, you know, the good with the difficult within that person. Right. Thank you, Daniel. I have a question that's a kind of similar to a question we had a few few days ago, um, but it relates to the difficult person. Um, I did make some approaches to dealing with my most difficult person, and um, was able to um, get to the point of offering some phrases. And this, what happened is what has happened before when I've tried this, is that what comes with it is, um, may you be peaceful so that you won't do anything bad to me. (laughs) (laughs) Again. (laughs) Um, And that's really the only reason (laughs) I want them to be peaceful. (laughs) Otherwise, I don't care if they're peaceful. (laughs) um, (laughs) And it's because I'm afraid of this person. Um, So I really want them to be peaceful and leave me alone. And um, so I, I went to compassion for self. Is, is that make sense? Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and compassion for self. And also remembering that sometimes, uh, you know, physical, energetic, psychic boundaries are very important to maintain. So in the same way, um, I understand that you you did the metta for your self-protection. I think that's, that's important. It's also important to remember that aspect of our metta practice that is a little bit more transpersonal, and to use a word, that you, you're doing it because you, on this essential core, you wish that person well. And then definitely take care of yourself in whatever way is appropriate. And I'll also pass this over to the wisdom of the other teachers if they care to make a comment on this as well. Thank you. Good. Good, good. Is that sufficient? Does that address your question? Thank you. Great. We might have time for one more. Maybe two. We'll see. I'm not exactly sure how to raise this question. Um, I didn't want to be the one to do it. What about a person who you don't have a personal relationship with, but you think is very powerful and dangerous? 
Gee, I wonder who that would be. <laughs> um, um, it's very difficult uh, for me, and I'm sure, and I know for many others, on a day-to-day -day basis, to deal with the situation sure. in a way that uh, is effective. Um, I find there are days when it can, I can read the news or know, know, know something of what's going on. Yeah. But it's, 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 I can still be in myself and function properly at the way I would prefer to. But there are others when I just can't get it out of my soul. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I'm sure your feeling is shared by everyone in some degree or another. Um, I think of the Dalai Lama who was asked, you know, are you ever angry? He said, no. Well, sometimes. <laughs> He's, uh, and he said, um, uh, in relationship to w what happened, he said, you know, they've taken my homeland and, and all of this away from me. Why should they take my happiness away? So um, that sense of generating um, well-wishing does not mean condoning the actions of. And you might have to work hard and long and vigorously in, in any way that is appropriate for you to stand against the wave of oppression and ignorance, delusion, all of these things. Do you think it's even healthy to try? I do. I do. I, th I think it's... I think it's healthy, but remember that you're not, you're doing the practice for your own transformation. And, and as, you, as you embody more and more the spirit of kindness, the intention of kindness, um, uh, it has its echoes in the universe. Don't think necessarily about transforming another as much as we would like that to happen, but continue to uh, open into that space of goodness for yourself Affect the things that you can affect. Do the next right thing. And as you do that, um, your world and the things around you transforms in the ways that it can. Remember, as I said last night, that evolution sometimes is a very messy process. We go up and down with it, you know, have regression and, and changing of course. So what might be happening in the, in the larger picture in the world you know, try to understand that, see the impact and the suffering that's caused by that. It's very important to see, not to back away. Do not back away. But there's a way in which our metta allows us to hold that with this greater spirit of, uh, of kindness and equanimity. And equanimity is not bypassing what's arising, not putting blinders or holding our heads beneath the proverbial sand. So I hope that's helpful to you. It's very helpful. Yeah. Thank also, you. take a long view. Take the long view, yes. Take the long view. And just to add um, something to that. Um, oh, there we go. To add something to that, um, you know, anger and hatred are different. I can feel mm. anger at something that's happening, but hatred takes a kind of focused feeding. And so I think that's something to be aware of when to feel the anger can be like, oh, okay, this energy is arising. And sometimes that's the anger of wanting justice it can be transmuted into wisdom, actually. But hatred, mm, it's kind of <laughs> something we feed like a slow fire and it burns us. So I think it's just like really good to look at that in ourselves, the distinction of feeding hate. Um, and then just experiencing anger at times that could be different. Um, and then I just want to mention one thing before we go mm -hmm. um, about this category of all beings. It's very expansive and ex spacious, and you can think of it as categories of all the women, all the men, all the animals. You can go through realms, you can go directions. Um, you could start with beings in this room, and then maybe all the beings on this land, and then imagine the earth. There's so many ways that we include it. But um, just to say, when I have done this, it does bring up the difficult person because there they are <laughs> in the all beings category. Um, 
And we do have a relationship with these people because it's here. We're relating all the time. So whether I know, know them or not, personally, I have a relationship. So I think it's just good to, um, this, this could bring that up. So um, keep coming in and out, <clears throat> working with your uh, easy person and all beings and yourself. So now you can really be changing your lens as you go, guiding your practice, really as you see fit, you know. Um, but just playing with this really expans expansive quality of all beings. Um, and we'll be, you know, adding more on to that. So. Thank you. Yeah, so I think we should call it a... Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Have a wonderful day. And uh, remember that we're still in the retreat, so honor uh, your silence and um, all blessings. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.